Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, crypto nerds of all ages, it's that time again. We have the reigning Algorand DeFi champ, John Clark, stepping into the ring with us today. Wah -wah. What is up, John Clark? How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Thank you for uh, such a uh, such a nice uh, introduction to me. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I, 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 I was going with the boxing thing today for whatever reason. Uh, I like to switch it up a little bit. I've, I've been I've been uh, speaking my 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 taking more than my turn today. So every once in a while, I got to keep it creative, too. Sure. We got uh, <laughs> we have six people on our team, though. So if we want to assign uh, any ownership, I want to also include uh, the other guys. Uh, True. Owen. All yes. the other engineers on the team. Mm -hmm. It takes a village sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, and and I'm it, most people are probably surprised to hear that you've only got like six kind of core team members. How many like external vendors and like extended team? How how big is the group now? When do you include like just everybody? So we have six people that are full time on the team. Uh, myself and Owen, who started the company about a year ago, and we're all writing code. So at this point, we have four or five. We don't really like specialize too much, uh, but I would say around four or five of us are like often contributing to the smart contracts and back end. And on the front end and product side, around two or three people on the team. Um, and we've worked with uh, some uh, savvy developers on the front end side, sort of help improve best practices uh, internally. But, but our steady state is around uh, six people. And uh, to this point, you know, I kind of believe in the FTX model. I honestly think you can get a lot done with a very lean team, provided everyone is uh, very good. Focused and on the um, same page. It just reduces, like, communication uh, latency and, like, information loss. So I actually like a, a small but very talented team for uh, building uh, DeFi products. The, the SEAL Team 6 of DeFi. All right. Yeah. You, you heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, how, how long have you guys been live now? So we launched the lending uh, V1 December 17th uh, last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've had around seven months uh, being online. Okay. And uh, governance. Let, let's, let's, let's dive into governance. Let's just let's dive in there and see what's going on because it's been a hot topic lately. Um, the foundation, obviously, has talked a lot about governance, governance in various shapes and forms, governance of projects, the overall governance. Um, hot topics include, you know, TVL and how to... I don't know how to leverage that. So what have you got up your sleeves? What's what's going on? Yeah, so uh, AlgoFi governance will go live uh, sometime after our V2 lending protocol, which we're going to be deploying in uh, the next week or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and this governance, our V0 governance, has been modeled after the Algorand Foundation governance uh, to a certain extent. Okay. You know, users will be able to, uh, you know, vote uh, on proposals, um, you know, leveraging the Algify governance token. This is like basically this token will be meant for voting uh, on on uh, various items. These include parameter changes to the lending protocol and the AMM and NanoSwap. Uh, could also be the distribution of uh, rewards like uh, Aeneas algos that we get from the foundation. Uh, beyond that, it could be creating new products. Like if the community wants us to build some uh, interesting set of smart contracts that composes our existing tech stack or to something totally new. Uh, okay. It can be put up a proposal uh, and people can sort of vote on that. Um, 
So those meaningful, are the meaningful stuff. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we really want the proposals to drive value. Um, and we understand that in the beginning, we want to do some, we'll probably do some fairly uh, lower, um, you know, stakes proposals just to get, get governance going, get people on the platform, get them, you know, sort of, uh, let, uh, you know, basically prove that the system is working, make sure. And we're going to be doing like extensive testing on the smart contract side. So this is more about making sure that the community is invested in the process and then we'll layer on the complexity. But we, we intend to do that very quickly because we're just a much more nimble, small team while um, on the foundation side, it's a bit harder to, uh, you know, do um, large, uh, you know, scale proposals, not only because of their competing priorities, but because of the reputational risk. They're a very large organization and yeah. they can't do something, you know, without it, without very diligently reviewing the options. Whereas we, as a bit of a smaller team, can be a bit faster. Yeah, they've got this big giant cruise ship. If they need to change directions, it's a beast. You, you're, you're more like the the, the speedboat of uh, of DeFi projects. Like you, you just change directions on a dime. So that's that's cool. Exactly. So we we when you, both. When, when you say it's going to look like Algorand, uh, I mean, how much so? You know, what 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 implementations are you going to use there? Sure. So uh, so we've written the smart contracts totally bespoke ourselves, and the. Uh, the similarities are proposals get voted on by, uh, you know, uh, holders of the AlgoFi governance token, just like you see the same with Algorand Foundation governance. The differences are it's not going to be systematic every three months that, that one proposal gets created by uh, our team. Actually, members of the community will be able to create proposals whenever they want. So it's sort of this continuous process. They get for, yeah, exactly. They get put up for voting by the community. Um, and so there's going to be like a duration for each of the proposals. There will be a certain quorum threshold that needs to be met in order for the proposal to go forward. This means like there needs to just be a certain amount of people that are voting uh, either yes or no for it to be considered. Any proposals that are below that threshold are likely uh, not significant enough. Uh, and then after that, there needs to be a supermajority of votes uh, voting you know yes. So that means 67% uh, or more voting in the affirmative for something uh, to go forward. So the really the really nice nuance is, is that any proposals can be created at any time by, by anyone that has a sufficient enough uh, voting share and mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'll be considered by the community. Is it purely uh, you know, binary? Is it just yes, no? Or are there gonna be some options where you know, sometimes complicated issues might have three or four solutions? Um, is that option coming into play at some point? So I think in the beginning, we'll likely do like foundation binary outcome to preserve the supermajority invariant where we want the vote that goes through to have at least 67% of the uh, votes cast uh, to proceed. But we're open, you know, this is the V0 governance. This is going to evolve a lot over time. Um, and so we're, we're very much open to expanding like the way, the, the types of proposals that can get um, uh, put online. I guess one other nuance that's worth uh, discussing is we eventually want to have a curve finance style distribution mechanism for rewards on AlgoFi. So any any kind of token that's being distributed. And um, in the V0, there's going to be a first step uh, to this process uh, and it's called the voting escrow. So essentially, 
your voting power doesn't just come from this is another nuance uh, against Algorand. It's not just how many uh, how many of these you know governance tokens you have. You can also choose to lock them up for a certain period of time in a smart contract. And the longer that you lock up these tokens, the more your voting power is. And so you can lock it up for a minimum of one week, but you can do it up to a maximum of four weeks. And uh, the longer you lock it, the more voting power you have in these proposals. And it's also correlated to the amount of rewards that you can earn in our staking contracts. Essentially, we get to look at this value and we can use it all throughout the protocol to uh, affect you know, the user behavior. Got it. Because it's yours, enables you the opportunity to, to, you know, almost double dip. Um, you know, as far as you know, information-wise, you can take that same information. Somebody here is staking essentially for a period of time, and it gives you extra benefits here and there. That, exactly. That's that's a pretty cool idea. Um, so multiple, um, you know, uh, uh, questions come up um, kind of on a rolling basis. Um, it's binary. Yes or no. We need the super majority right now. Um, if something goes away, let's say it only gets you know fifty five percent, doesn't really pass. Um, is there anything to stop somebody from lobbying for it in the community and putting that question up again? There's nothing stopping from people proposing it again. I think it's like the typical uh, you know uh, proposal uh, process uh, in any community. Uh, if you put it up again, there might be fatigue from the community to see this again. It's you know, does one think that it's more likely to pass the second time if it was uh, 10% under the threshold? Uh, you know, I, I don't have the data, but I would uh, anecdotally think that seeing the same proposal, but without some new information might not result, yield a different result. So I think, so nothing is stopping users from doing that, but um, it's unlikely, uh, in my opinion, to uh, have an effect. That being said, if new information comes out, then certainly we would encourage people to uh, propose that. Okay, got it. And 100 votes minimum needed. Yes or no? Uh, 100 in general. I think it's not a matter of like, um, it's a matter of that those are parameters that are going to be set. Um, so we don't have the exact number there, but it's mm -hmm. going to be a function of how much of this token is available. So if there is, you know, to give you a toy example, if there was a thousand of this token and you needed a hundred votes for the proposal to go forward, that would make sense. That's about 10% yeah. of the float. That seems to be a significant enough amount to make this worth, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, consideration from the community. That yeah. said, if it was millions and millions of the token, then that's not, that's not really enough to uh, prevent us from getting uh, spammed, uh, you know, from, cause we always have to think about, so I was worried about like, uh, people are just yeah. throwing up uh, nominations for all kinds of qu crazy stuff. Exactly. Okay. Like, you have to be worried about like the adversarial case when you're building smart contracts, because not everyone's going to be friendly. So that's, yeah. uh, something that we're protecting against with these parameters we're talking about. Hmm. All right. Um, talk to me just for a, a second about, uh, growth. Um, you know, uh, what's the major milestone that you guys are using as far as growth mechanism? Is it number of users? Is it really TVL? Is it, you know, what what KPIs or what metrics are you using when you when you look at growth? That's a great question. And it's something that we've been considering more in recent months as we've matured as a protocol, because in the beginning, we've just been heads down building very quickly, churning out all sorts of different products. And when you're early on, growth is pretty large uh, all things considered because you're going from zero to you know thousands of users but now we're thinking about how what is our growth rate from here now that we've built like the foundation of our protocol 
And uh, so the metrics that we've been looking at are um, definitely the number of active users, daily active users, monthly active users, not only the absolute number, but also the way that number is changing. So that growth like month on month, um, you know, quarter on quarter. Uh, and then beyond that, we're looking at TVL. Now TVL is tricky because it's outside of our control if the market sells off tremendously, that's going to ding TVL. But yeah. we look at the amount of, um, the absolute amount of the token. So in like the native, uh, you know, asset, how many algos do we have on the platform? How much, uh, how many stable coins are on the platform? And we take into account somewhat the dollar amount because people are more willing to put more algos on the platform if they're worth less. It mm -hmm. feels like less of a financial risk, but uh, by the same token, algos are a scarce quantity. There are only so many. And so, um, you know, getting a, a very, even at the price of algo is where it is today, getting a large amount of algo is still, uh, you know, an important thing to measure because there really is only so many freely floating retail algos. Uh, and I would wager that, you know, most of the uh, algos are held by like large funds or, um, you know, whales. Yeah. So yeah. we definitely take a look at that as well. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, you know, kind of debate that goes back and forth. Do we do we quantify it on the the fiat amount, or the do we do we range it in in algos? Do we range it in number of users? I mean, all of those things are great. We want more of everything. Um, so you know, just sort of what, what do you weight them as? Um, yeah. Let me ask you: as the the community grows, but we're still sort of in a bear market. But I still feel like Algorand in general is still trying to gobble up market share. And I like this this mentality because we're trying to pick up people from Salon or people that, you know, are disenchanted with ETH or, you know, every time they see a new uh, NFT project and come on over and they start to, you know, poke around the Algorand community, we want to gather those folks up. Um, and there's new projects coming on too. There's, there's new DEX projects. There's um, multi-chain DEXs that are being proposed. How much competition is too much competition? And at what point do we do we think, oh, shoot, like, you know, there's only so much TVL to go around. Um, are we, are we, is there a point where that happens or is it just one of those things like, well, the more, the better, because, you know, the, everybody comes in, they bring their own audience and everybody, you know, rising tides float all ships. What's the, what's the philosophy there? How do you view that? It's a good question because as a competitive L1, that is not, you know, Ethereum or one of the or, or Solana, one of the major L1s. We're in this sort of alternative, but very competitive L1 space where the TVL of our DeFi ecosystems is quite small in comparison. So, yeah. I think I would say that there is a point where having, I think, if it's projects that are bringing in something new, a a new way of uh, transacting, a new even if it's just a new product or UI. Um, that is still interesting and could still motivate users to come over and generally improve TVL, especially if they're marketing their product to bring in people from other ecosystems, as opposed to trying to uh, migrate users from one protocol already with an Algorand to another. Um, like there's no, no harm in uh, friendly competition, but I think it's important yeah. to generally increase the size of our ecosystem instead of try to, uh, you know, carve out uh, a piece of it. Um, because that that's where the upside is today algorand is uh, too small um you know to to try to you know even get all of the tvl it's still a small protocol compared to like uh, on ethereum so so to answer your question in short i think the i think good competition comes from novel protocols that are doing something uh different from what exists um but there could be a problem if you get a lot of thing a lot of protocols that are roughly doing the same thing that just fragments liquidity 
Um, and you might, you know, see more trading volume because arbitrage bots are going, but it would be better if the liquidity were concentrated on one protocol that provides the best pricing for users uh, and, and the lowest uh, transaction costs. Yeah. Uh, how much of Algorand is tied up in, in governance now? What was the latest number? Uh, we've got three million. All right, not not too shabby, huh? Yeah, I mean, it it, it grew, uh, it basically doubled from the last uh, quarter, and uh, you know we saw a lot of retail um, algos come in uh, this last period. I think they were waiting one one period to uh, make sure they feel comfortable with the process, um, and you know I think users were very were pleasantly surprised to see how seamless it is to commit uh, you know their algos via vault. And you don't even need to know how to use the lending protocol on day one. If you can just commit to the vault, you then have three months to learn how to use the lending protocol to do various like trading and yield farming activities. So I think users, uh, you know, were, were kind of learning that during the last uh, period and we're excited to, uh, you know, jump in and do that again and probably told their friends about it, uh, yeah. you know, people in the community. Yeah. Uh, Crypto is one of those things where um, it's not always super intuitive yet. Um, you know, even even a great platform like yours, you, you got to you know use it the first time. Okay, I went I went in here and you know I, I used the governance uh, a feature there, but I wasn't quite sure how to how to you know borrow or or stake or do all this stuff. So kind of you know you dip your toe in a little bit, you figure it out, you try it, and and then you can tell somebody else. Oh, here's how you do it, and then it's kind of word of mouth. Oh, it was happy. It, it you did that, and and your algo was safe. Okay, <laughs> right. So then then everybody kind of piles on. I think you'll start to see that momentum. Um, really start to, to pick up and i wouldn't be surprised if it doubles again you know the following quarter it just seems like that's sort of the the pattern um i think we're seeing more institutional interest in the vault as well because most of the large allocators do put their algos in governance because it is a relatively risk-free seven percent return annually so you yeah. but i think a lot of those uh, parties are starting to see the importance of DeFi and how easy it is to deploy into DeFi. And they feel much safer given that this has been run for two quarters. It's been audited. You know, the teams that are running DeFi solutions are fairly, uh, you know, upstanding uh, and, and are really looking out for their users. So I think we are going to see a lot more institutional liquidity in the next governance cycle. Yeah. All right. Well, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, surprises for you. What have you been surprised by in the last six or seven months? I think I asked you the same question last time and it was too new. You you were like, well, I don't know what I don't know yet. Um, but now you've had six or seven months to kind of like, you know, be in the ecosystem. You're up and running. What has surprised you with either like use case or the way people are using the site and the system protocols in ways that maybe you hadn't anticipated? Anything like that come up? Sure. So just off the top of my head, I think I've been surprised by the... Well, this, this is less of a DeFi thing. I have a few DeFi things, but uh, you know, on the CFI side, I think I've been shocked by the practices of uh, CFI lenders uh, and centralized exchanges. The amount of uh, organizations that have been going bankrupt or have had liquidity issues is just astonishing because yeah. why, even if you know I weren't in DeFi and I were in the CFI space, I wouldn't want to get anywhere near that uh, situation for my users because that's such a bad spot to put, uh, you know, retail people in uh, who yeah. uh, aren't even really thinking about these risks that are put in the fine print that they won't be able to get their money back. How so many people did Celsius impact alone? Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I 100% Celsius, agree. Voyager, you know, BlockFi, all of these, lend, you know, for better, for better or worse, maybe it was 
uh, incompetence or uh, negligence, you know, however, you know, one wants to label it, there's been these issues. And, you know, DeFi, it kind of is a bull case for DeFi because DeFi has not faced any of this. You know, prices up or down, AlgoFi and similar protocols have been functioning without issue during all of this. Like during the Luna episode, we had no issues. Liquidators were liquidating, people were borrowing, people were lending, and we had uh, no problems while these uh, lending uh, platforms were sort of going bust. So it, it excites me uh, for uh, DeFi, um, mm -hmm. but it also surprises me that, you know, CFI has had, uh, you know, such issues. Taking it on the uh, chin. Yeah. Okay. But what, what else? You had a couple more what, uh, DeFi specific items, I think, huh? Yeah. So I think on uh, DeFi, I've, and th this is for developers, but, you know, we have, we are, you know, Algorand focused, like we've been building smart contracts on Algorand, but during our journey, we've also looked at the developer tooling of other ecosystems like Solana, uh, Phantom, just a few other ecosystems. And one thing that people will find surprising is, and this isn't even like, oh, shill, like Algorand or anything, but the tooling for Algorand is actually like better than so many other ecosystems. When it comes to the Python SDKs, not only for writing the smart contracts, but I think for writing the smart contracts, you know, there's like fairly comparable um, like SDKs, but on the launching smart contracts, interacting with the blockchain to read information, the Python SDK, the JavaScript SDKs for Algorand are very uh, robust and uh, frankly better than a lot of the ecosystems that we found. The UX of interacting with Algorand has been very strong, but you know, occasionally there's been a narrative that that's not the case, that it's this alt ecosystem, the developer tooling is not as built up. That's actually false. That's a false narrative. The developer tooling and the uh, SDKs for Algorand are very good. There's just not enough people looking at them versus other larger, more hype-driven, uh, marketing-oriented ecosystems. So more more eyeballs on them, huh? Yeah, exactly. So in short, you know, shout out like you know Algorand Inc. and their teams for building really good uh, developer tooling. And I just think perhaps the marketing needs to uh, improve to drive more people in. But uh, the dev tooling is there. So I've been so I was surprised. When I first used Algorand, I, I thought it was solid. And then when I looked at other ecosystems, I was surprised at how bad theirs were versus <laughs> Algorand. So that that was a big surprise, actually. That's good to uh, hear. Yeah. And outside of that, I mean, you know, we not not too many uh, major surprises. Um, if I think of any more, I'll uh, try yeah. to try chime in. in. Um, Foundation in response to governance and their push for TVL. Um, how much of what they do and their their push for you know additional TVL and you see Stacey's communication is real clear, um, right? They, they, everything's revolving around TVL. Do they have special initiatives above and beyond what we know about already? Is there more communication behind the scenes to sort of you know uh, collaborate and you know really grow, or is it sort of all right, check in periodically when you can, just give us updates, maybe, you know, kind of a loose loose connection there. So they, so the ANEAS program is a pretty public uh, effort from yeah. them to incentivize use of Algorand uh, dApps. And, you know, most of those are DeFi. So I think there's a pretty um, open push towards getting more TVL within the Algorand ecosystem. And algo incentives are one approach. 
Beyond that, I know that the foundation is working on improving access. You know, Stacy and their team are committed to getting USDCA listed on more exchanges. The community has been asking for that. Just know that people are working on that, uh, you know, behind the scenes. And then there is a bit of politics involved in getting this done. Mm. So I think that's, that is a, one of the bigger, um, well, one of, one of the items and supporting teams that are building on uh, Algorand. The foundation is, you know, providing funding to teams that want to come and build uh, protocols on Algorand or make access easier through new wallets. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's just another push to getting more TVL, but the foundation is definitely committed and sees DeFi, NFTs, and other de you know, decentralized applications as being one of the leading pillars of like future blockchain use cases. And so they don't want to fall behind the eight ball on that. Um, yeah. While Algorand is, uh, you know, exploring uh, not only uh, DeFi, but also enterprise relationships. So I think Algorand has its hands in a lot of uh, different uh, buckets. And mm -hmm. I think the goal is that, you know, this sort of diversified portfolio of blockchain applications will demonstrate Algorand's technology is very good. Yeah, I was talking to somebody earlier today, um, and this plays into the um, technical, you know, the SDKs and, and what Algorand Inc. has done and how much they're preparing behind the scenes that people don't really, you know, notice for that enterprise level integration or to appeal for for major corporate sponsorships or partnerships or collaborations. Um, even the, the green crypto um, sort of hashtag, I, I don't think that that really draws in a lot of, you know, individual users but it's a really good PR move. So if you are a big corporation like a you know like a Pepsi or a, a, you know a, whatever whatever corporations are out there, right? You want to be associated with the brand that is has some kind of environmental friendliness. Um, I just threw Pepsi out there, boy. That would be cool if like we had a big big uh, you know Pepsi's going blockchain now, distribution on blockchain. Um, yeah. But 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 um, but like those kinds of things, I think happen behind the scenes. And you know the more that happens, I think the more just it's going to appear all of a sudden that, you know, Algorand just jumped over, you know, a bunch of other, um, you know, L1s that, that, and just kind of, you know, rose up on the chart. So it'll be interesting to see how that TVL comes into play and how much we grow over the next year when everybody else is sort of um, battening down the hatches. It feels like we're just kind of ratcheting up. It's a different, different vibe. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so number one thing for you um, that you're excited about um, for, for AlgoFi, is it governance? Is that what it is? I think in the next six months, governance is yeah. the most exciting thing. Uh, you know, getting getting that out and, and seeing how the community sort of uh, interacts. Like we, we were hoping that we have you know the same level of success that the Algorand Foundation has had with uh, uh, you know its uh, governance, uh, and we we want there to be a ton of engagement with our community. Um, beyond that, we're also in like probably in early 2023, we're going to roll out some other um, improvements to governance. Um, that bring in more per finance style distribution mechanisms to incentivize using the governance uh, protocol. So mm -hmm. that is another thing that I'm uh, really excited about. Very cool. Well, I, I love to see the growth. I love to see the community interaction. Um, and there's so much going on. 
Uh, we were talking earlier today, somebody wants to put together like um, uh, a credit system. So uh, people could, instead of being over collateralized as much as they are now, maybe they could get slightly better deals on some of their lending protocols if they had some kind of a credit rating system. Or, um, you know, I, I've even talked to you about uh, the DeFi refi um, for uh, fractional home ownership. So, you know, there's all these really cool ideas that are just out there that are, you know, somebody's going to be able to pull the trigger at some point in time because at some point they stop being really cool ideas and somebody's put them into, into implementation. And I'm super glad uh, to see all the implementation that you and your SEAL Team 6 of DeFi have uh, have put into into, into place here. Uh, John, it's always, it's always nice to have you on the channel, man. Um, I appreciate you taking some time on a Sunday to, to stop by and, and kind of give us the, the what's what of governance, what's going on, and give us a little bit of insight into um, you know what surprised you around DeFi too. Uh, any last words before we we head out and enjoy the rest of the little bit of the weekend? I think um, nothing nothing much other than you know uh, for people to watch out for the V2 lending protocol drop, and uh, we'll have more uh, you know things to say on that, yeah. more marketing um, in the coming uh, week or so, and uh, yeah, the same with uh, governance. So yeah, nice. You know, hit us up in the Discord if you have any questions. All right, sounds good. All right, well, cheers, everybody. As always, I am your crypto nerd. Thank you.